Good to have you in the Serpentosphere, man. Dude. Long overdue. It is long overdue. It is long overdue. Long overdue. I'm out of the Midlands. Yeah. God bless. You're fucking traveling. Dude, I so Jocelyn was like, you're going to St. Louis, right? And I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to go. Got to go yeah. if this thing happens. She's like, it's the fucking coronavirus. You know, just this traveling. This. She's worried. Yeah. She's obviously worried. Which is understandable. I mean, yeah. I know. All, all things considered, I'm like, of course, so am I. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, dude, like 100 years ago, 200 years ago, fucking the, the dad had to travel out and fucking go do something, you know? And yeah. Driving to St. Louis, 22-hour drives, kind of crazy, a little bit gnarly, but think like for some reason I had to go to St. Louis fucking 200 years ago for something, right? And the, I'm just fucking traversing the land, <laughs> fucking fighting off the wolves, like that's what came to my mind, dude. Like it's a modern day, you know. You're doing this because you you believe it's something yeah. that's going to be so significant. that that would be the plan if it it to uh, drive opposed to fly, yeah. just to avoid. Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. Yeah, that's a fucking gnarly drive. Yeah, we'd stop in uh, in Midland probably just to say hi to folks. Yeah. Maybe there's a donor there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll try to do that on the way, and then uh, and then get there, man. Yeah. But anyway, so going back to that, you just left the fucking left the Permian, man. Three years. Three years. It's and I'm I'll admit, like, to be totally upfront and blunt, it is not good. Yeah. It is not good. Operators are I mean, obviously the combination of they're just things that are out of people's control, right? Right. Like geopolitical issues, especially for a town like Midland, is huge, right? So when you have like Russia and OPEC at each other's throats, then, you know, there's, there's nothing that they could do. Right. And on top of that, it's, we're not talking about these super giants that are in Midland, right? We're talking about these, obviously the bigger independents. There are super giants there, right? You have Exxon, Chevron, Shell, sure. uh, Oxy, they all have a little piece of it, but you know, like these smaller independents are hurting hard, 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 hard. I've never seen Midland like it has been in the last month. It was, right. I don't know, it almost felt like a ghost town again. Yeah. Like, I mean, driving around's nice, right? Because it's not like you're waiting five minutes at a light, you know, but like on like Andrews and Midland or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that was kind of the, that was kind of the beauty of it, right? Everything yeah. was so busy. It was that hustle and bustle. It was yeah. that oil field traffic. And then all of a sudden just. Pretty but, wild, man. Yeah. You showed wild. up three years ago, August. Would that have been three years exactly? No, it was May. Oh, it was May. It was May. Yeah, very. So you almost very end of May. That's when I was moved out. Wow. So you were you were uh, two years, ten months technically. Yeah. Yeah. So I Damn. almost I say three because three sounds way better. Twenty seventeen May. Yeah. Wow. That's when you showed up and fucking you were ready to take on the Permian. Oh man. That was badass, dude. Was, Thinking back, dude. It was. I mean, I wouldn't trade it away for the world man right. i mean the amount i learned the oh, people man. i've met you know just seeing the blown and going of the unconventional game yeah. you know like being that. in it with all the rest of the guns yeah exactly like the geologic curiosity that was happening right <sighs> everyone trying to figure out an answer but no one no one could that's it that's it at the end of the day right and turn into an engineering game and i mean if you ask any company if they are doing any kind of science work 
you know, the science is to stay on depth. Like that's what a geophysics geophysicist does. Like make sure we don't go across too big of a fault, but we're yeah. going to land this lateral 10,000 feet, put us, you know, as many stages away as we can. And then wow. we're going to move on to the next one. Wow. So perfectly said, dude, yeah. perfectly said. And I see, I showed up in 2014, right? The summer of 2014, 90 something dollar oil. 96 something like that 97 yeah, so you witnessed the the major bust yeah and then in a year in one year from that time it got to 27 i think 20 maybe even 26 what's today's price Which is, is today. essentially yeah. what is the price today but you got that drop is way more dramatic than what i what i saw right i mean it was 70 dollars so what last year around this time let's take a look let's oh, look 22 dollars Oh shit. Crude oil prices today. This isn't like the funnest podcast if you're listening in. I'm not going to lie, but this is the reality of the business we work in. It's just, this is something that happens and it's what extremely is, unfortunate. But I want to see the timeline on WTI. Dude, it was 20, it was 30 a couple days ago, it was 27 yesterday. Holy shit, dude. So Look that's that equivalent to... Uh, yeah, so look, I think over there, May this time last year, was almost 70 bucks, right? It was like 60, 65. 65. Yeah. Dude, that is officially... I guess if you like go back to the, the early 90s when it dropped to $9 or some shit, yeah. that's like, I think, 16 equivalent to today. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we are really close to what's crazy too is like the stocks for these companies and how low they're all at all time lows like apache is Dude. less than five dollars a share i think it was trading at like 475 yesterday and the lowest apache's Dude, ever like been was uh twelve dollars a share i think it was back in like 2001 2002 don't quote me on that but it it's insane absolutely insane wow yeah, so Exxon's about trading what it was yesterday, thirty mid thirties. Oxy's at ten bucks. Oh shit! So somebody said something on LinkedIn the other day about, uh, you know, Chevron now can buy both Oxy and Anadarko for less than what Oxy bought Anadarko for. What a move, man! Hey, you know, Why Oxy, Oxy was playing checkers. You know, Chevron's playing chess. Hey, <laughs> Skippo, <laughs> dropping it. No, but at the end of the day, dude, that is that is crazy to think about. Crazy. And, and this is where this is what kind of worries me too, right? Because we know these super because there's been talks of, you know, these super majors buying out these larger independents, right? And it's turning more into that monopoly again. Right. Which is not good, in my opinion. No. Nope. Right. Because, you know. When you begin to monopolize, that breeds ignorance in the industry and reduces innovation, right? And you can say well, there's a research lab and that, but you know what breeds like innovation? Competition. That's right. Right. And I mean, offshore, I'm I've like you and me. I don't think we can really have a fair shake as far as like you know the geopolitical issues that go on working you know international offshore. But as far as domestically. That's the last thing I want to see is, you know, all these companies that I know for a fact have great internal research teams and, you know, they're doing awesome stuff. All of a sudden now they're swallowed into a, 
you know, a culture or something that, you know, it just slows the pace of progress, especially in unconventionals. That's like the last thing we want. Sheesh, dude. Scary times, man. Wild times. That's what wild. I keep saying. Yeah, wild. wild times. Wild times. People are going to obviously break through and, and really win on the other side of this. And that's kind of where I focus my time and attention because it's, you know, where hope resides. There's no, yeah. there's, there's no hope in the, in the weeds of all of this stuff. So how do we get out? It's through a new geologic perspective, in my opinion, obviously. And I think you would agree. Uh, and so we, we just work with that. This is a report. The only thing that came out of the Permian in, uh, in the report was ring energy to season 18 well drilling program. Good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> to season 18 well drilling program. <laughs> Smart. You're doing it right, ring. Ah, uh, ring, dude. That's a big platform player. Yeah. So what I'm interested in is, you know, I know rig counts are dropping, right? But, mm -hmm. And I'm assuming ducks are going to increase mm -hmm. exponentially right now. But if there are any teams out there completing, do some wild stuff. Do some stuff where, you know, you put some stages away and, you know, you let them sit and you see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dude, that, uh, I guess somebody went out recently to Permian Basin uh, section of the SEPM. The lady gave a presentation talking about how they uh, – the, the operator drilled and completed the wells and then something happened with lease lines or something happened with the land team and they got, they, the railroad commission was like, uh-uh, you know, you did something wrong. You need to you fix some things before you can produce this well. Yeah. So they got whatever that was, right? 30, 40 stages put away in this horizontal and they couldn't produce it. Yeah. So then they're fighting the land battles and they finally went to producing and supposedly what happened was amazing. This thing fucking was a badass well are we surprised no, no. right not, not at, all. at all not at not all even not even a little bit not in the slightest <laughs> yep. am i surprised that that well it probably outproduced the other ones in the area too i bet i bet it pressured up way higher yep and i bet there were some magical things going on yep. but decline curve looked a lot different there yeah. was an anomaly in the results yeah and so i asked a friend of mine what uh what was their interpretation of what happened and it was that the reservoir clays soaked up the water from the fracks and in return pushed the, a lot more oil and a lot more gas in out a of smectite? the system. In a smectite reservoir? Well, just the clays. I was going to say, well, I mean, that's the most important part. What clays? You can't just say clays well. Like, are we talking like Play-Doh or are we talking, you know what I mean? There's, I don't know, man. I said, oh, that's an interesting thing. So the, uh, I don't want to say that's a bad interpretation, but that's a bad interpretation. <laughs> they, you have to do, you have to have some mechanism that says how, where did all the, we didn't get a lot of frac fluid back and we, in exchange, we got a fuck ton of oil and water and, and gas, like a yeah. good performing well. And so what happened? Well, the, the, the clays, the sucked up the irre irreducible water fucking curve like expanded yeah. and grew and the clays did this magical thing so much magic so much magic i need some of those magical clays <laughs> please find them for me and show me they're everywhere yeah. it's the permian basin that's why so, it exists. So, you're, so you're telling me if i had you know in the let's just say a battery right filled with produced fluid so mm -hmm. oil water 
mm-hmm. whatever. And I threw the magical clays in it. The magical well, clays would separate the oil and the water out. You don't even need a separator anymore. You just need magic clays. It would suck up the, uh, <laughs> yeah, suck up the water and you just get a shovel and you just take that oil out right there. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Uh, it was, so you're, you're right. You're right. It's an exciting time for people that actually have the money and the ability to do something different and the ability to attack what their plans are. Yeah. Differently. Slightly differently. Yeah. Based on the performance of that well yeah. and that anomaly. Because I know there are contracts out there that people aren't going to be able to get out of. Right. So, I mean, worst case scenario, right. You're drilling these wells and you're fracking them. Yep. You're just closing the taps, right? Yep. You're waiting for oil to not be $22 and then you're going to open that <laughs> yep. back up. Give whatever, yeah, whatever that break even point is, you know, based on the reserves you think you're going to get. But I would suggest do some interesting things. Yeah. Have some fun. Not slick water, 100 mesh. You know, let's see how tight we can get this cluster spacing. That is not helping anyone, right? I mean, the one thing, another thing that I heard, and this was from a friend, I'm, I'm not going to say what company. Uh, he's a completions engineer and he said the results they were getting, they were getting better results as far as not from the amount of profit pumped into formation, but the amount of water pumped into formation. Interesting stuff, right? Those clays working magic, but it's, (laughs) I'm not going to let that go. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm a dick. (laughs) Not a terrible person. uh, I mean, it, it, what it, that's what was said. It was a clay thing. It was, it was the, it was an answer, right? It mm-hmm. was an answer from somebody's perspective that doesn't yeah. know clay chemistry and volatile chemistry with a reservoir that's near boiling, boiling temperature with a yeah. bunch of fucking oil yeah. and carrageen and clays and gas. I wonder what kind of water they pump down. That'd be an interesting know. one. If it was produced or if it was right. fresh. Produce water's where it's at, man. Yeah. Get that shit back into the system. Multiple reasons, right? Yep. If you don't want to be freaking dumping that and clean that out, use it again. Yeah. Right? Pass it on. Yep. <laughs> but yep. make sure it's the same formation because that's the last thing you want to do is you don't want to introduce two different brines from two different systems into one another because that's just going to screw things up. You're going to have other... other uh, Variables. I mean, someone can, and then I want to see those results. That's actually something I'd be super interested in seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Take some Eagleford brine and pump that thing into the permit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's a variable. It's opening up tons of variables. So we have this complex equation that we call the oil and gas fucking problem. And you're introducing more variables into something that we already don't have many constants, if any. To work with so it's it's a fucking crazy equation dude yeah and we're trying to figure it out and the best thing we can do is take a step back and like you said start messing with everything write yeah. out that equation understand all this your variables is, this is the time for innovation right yeah now's the time again right we innovated on the engineering side how yep. can we step in and innovate on the geologic side right Love and it. there needs to be a geologist in the room with those completions engineers talking about the science, right? right? Talking about the science of those clays, of the water in interactions with that formation, right? And I mean, if you have a basic mud log, and I'm pretty sure everyone's running just basic mud logs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even need to get the, the high-end stuff. You should be able to see what's in that formation. And you should see you should be able to see what's hitting on those stages. All right, Good. so, hey, we're moving into a more, you know, 
dolomitic zone. What's going to be the chemical reaction that will occur here? Wow. Right? Wow. Fuck, dude. That would... Ah, that'd be so sick to just be able to do that. Be yeah. a fly on the wall. Dude, it would be badass. Wow. I probably would get steamrolled by the other engineers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, while you were talking about that and blew my mind for a second, what the heck was I thinking about? Uh Son of a gun. It was something good. Oh, essentially, yeah, the, the, well, a paper that could be at the center of the table with the engineers and the geologists in the room trying to figure out this strange, unique time and how to take advantage of it, the Lujan paper, dude. The dude. USGS Lujan paper yeah. needs to be on the table. Out of for, all papers. For, for every unconventional team out there of geoscientists, engineers, go read a paper by Lujan. Done Lewin. in the done in the eighties. Yeah. Lewin. That's it's, I thought it was he, Luhan, but yeah, yeah no, it's, it's Lewin. Yeah, L yeah, L E uh W A N. Uh yeah, this thirty yeah, thirty three pages. This is this definitely seems yeah. This is it. Yeah, this is the chart. So this this chart here just kind of like explaining it. And of course read the paper because he goes in detail about you know, which each, uh, uh, you know, each time he does it. But the one thing that I just want to note here is we have just the, the hydrous paralysis, the H2 pressure, uh, pyrolysis, and then we have this salt, uh, pyrolysis here. And the one thing that you're going to notice as far as the hydrocarbon chains that are being expelled are vastly greater. <coughs> Let me see. Yeah, almost, almost across the board. Yeah. This water rock ratio experiment ten. That one, uh, that one has some interesting, yeah, results with the the heavier stuff, the butane, and uh, but you get down into the pentane or whatever. There's yeah. a, there's like a dramatic kick of like what you're actually expelling as far as the, the longer chain hydrocarbons are concerned. And it's fascinating. It's the same rock, right? But when you add, depending on what you add to that rock and you put it under temperature, the reactions change, right? So what's going on chemically within that rock, right? Because at the end of the day, right? In theory, you should be able to produce the same amount of hydrocarbon because it's the same source rock, right? It has the same potential more or less hydrocarbon potential, mm -hmm. right? But when you mix in different things, <laughs> you get dramatically different results. What the fuck is that? Yeah. You get dramatically different results. So what's going on in formation? What is going on chemically in formation? Whoa. That's it. Yeah. So take the produced water run a chemical analysis on it, see what it is, and every, everything you could possibly do on a water brine and analysis. That's and that's cheap. Like yeah. for people that are like, we don't have the money to do science. Right. It's like- Tell your boss hey, you'll pay it out of pocket. Hey, don't get kolaches today. <laughs> yeah. Go freaking get brine chemistry done. That's it. I mean, that's- it's See what it is and then put in a water- or a brine 
that's going to manipulate that produced water. Yeah. Or the produced brine. Produced the brine, brine that's in the system that's coming out that you know from other wells that are yeah. nearby and start messing with that. So now you have element, you have elemental data, you have gas, you have everything, all these variables that are insane. Yeah. Put them all on a plot. Plot them all. Put put machine learning and fucking Python to a real test. Yeah. Don't take a bunch of bullshit data and crum, crash it into the system. But I mean, this, uh, I was going to say, that's probably going to happen right? <laughs> on a first pass. <laughs> They're probably going to be... I, any machine learning algorithm on a first pass, especially something like that, would be... I mean, do you know a programmer that can program that well and effectively? But I agree. If you can get someone to program that, that would be sweet. Powerful. Be sweet. You, you, can, get, you can get brine chemistry today out of all your wells. I'm not saying you should because the results, I'm assuming, who knows though, should be fairly similar depending on formation. Wow. Depending, but, but yeah, this is where he goes into like the chemical breakdown of what he thinks is going on within the formation. Ah. Wow. It's been too long since I read this, man. Yeah. I should have read it last night. Dude, you know, both as, of us. As a researcher, <laughs> quote unquote, as a scientist. Right? I I, I dropped the ball. Yeah, we drank whiskey instead, man. It was St. Paddy's Day. It was St. Paddy's Day. We were, Fuck off. We were quarantined. There was nothing we could do. <laughs> we, had, we had to just drink whiskey. That was our only solution to the problem. Bottom line, we are definitely putting this PDF, PDF up on the website with yep. this little release. Of Skippo's traverse from Permian Basin to his mom's basement. My mom's basement. <laughs> Story checks out. Story checks out to the government. Yeah, that's right. Back to your your the stomping grounds that eventually got you to the Permian, man. Yeah, man. That was that's a wild story, man. And I think I really do believe what you accomplished in three years of coming out from undergrad and kind of taking a break not getting into the grad yeah. school you wanted to in Montana and that just what you had as tools as a person coming into that grad program at UTPB, getting a job at, uh, in industry and then specifically getting a job on the more of the land data side, kind of yeah. more so than that's geology. Where, that's yeah. That's where I got kind of pushed into not push, but it was like, that's where I was needed. Right. right. But it was freaking awesome, dude! Like getting to work with the people I got to work with, and meeting the people I got to meet, dude. actually understanding how the business is run. Right. So it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't care how good that prospect is if those leases are fucked, or you're dealing with a landowner that sucks, right? I'm out. I'm out. Right. Even like dealing with the the state agencies, right? Whether it's UT Lands or GLO, they each have their little quirks. There's, you know, there's obviously ways to make things economic, but you still have to jump through hoops. And it's just figuring out what hoops you need to jump through and how to prep for that, and just like yeah. being constrained. Like, hey, this is the best place to put a well board. Like you were talking about, you know, that you, that well that was shut in, mm -hmm. right? Why wasn't it produced? A land issue, right? Yeah. That something. I mean, they probably drilled across the lease line, so they right. probably had to go, you know, lease that land or whatever. Something Whatever have you, yeah, or or wow. do like a throw like a plug down there or something and just not produce half the lateral or whatever. So out of all the things over the last three years, that when showing up, rolling in uh, uh, the night of the PBLA Rager <laughs> to landing wells on the Alpine High to winning the fucking Southwest Section uh, IBA uh, tournament or whatever and competing in that writing a fucking thesis that 
really is is, is arguably one of the best leases to come out of UTPB or soon to soon to be well soon in quotes to be published soon in quotes <laughs> to be published what was it man three years what was the best thing the best thing yeah what was like your coolest accomplishment coolest thing that happened dude that's a great question <laughs> I haven't even thought about it oh I think for me like on a so the coolest thing, okay, I'll start with the, because it has to be two separate things. Like okay. The coolest accomplishment, without a doubt, was IBA. Working full time and then going to the lab, seven o'clock, staying there until one in the morning. Dude. And then <laughs> rinse and repeat every day. I actually took PTO in order to be in the lab to work on IBA. Fuck yeah, dude. Like That's why you won. Weeks. And, and we've, we poured our heart and soul, like me and the rest of the team like into that project. And Definitely. I think, and the cool thing is everyone fed off one another. Yeah. Right? It was like, no one really wanted to be the first one to leave. And then it just turned into like, well, there were some nights where we were, we were there till one. Wow. Right. And let's be honest, like the last hour or two hours of work were useless. Like we didn't accomplish anything, but you know, going into that situation, learning about a brand new basin and just, you know, starting from scratch, yeah. right. It's true exploration. Like, yeah. what do you do? What's that process like? And then going and then hearing our names announced as like the winners of Southwest. Section. Gosh, dude. Yeah. That was unreal. Dude. I remember the call. I'm going fucking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going to happen, Yeah. but then to hear it and then to hear you guys on the other end, just fucking pumped and man, yeah. Uh, that was definitely that's that's one in five years the 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 experience of watching you uh, as a friend obviously and and knowing that you were going to accomplish you know amazing things and then watching that team come together from the beginning of that process to you guys uniting and and now understanding even more that there was like this unspoken chemistry that you guys built yeah. by grinding out until one in the morning like and i mean i i still text everyone on that team to this day is it's that like, right yeah man <laughs> like doug freaking cartons up in uh clapperton clapperton man <laughs> doug cartons like up in freaking he's just finished up like a master's on like his side of things yeah up in alberta nice yeah he's grinding up there alec he's getting he got into grad school up in vancouver is so that right starting, yeah man and then Shannon and DJ Drew just going through yep. the grind. Like Shannon yep. working on the environmental side. DJ, he's mudlogging now, but I Fighting, mean, he's, dude. Yeah. something will come his way. He's too smart. Oh, man. I mean, someone's got to pick that guy up when things turn around. It, it, he's, I mean, not, he's like, what he's doing now, I'm more impressed with than anyone else, obviously, right? He's a geophysicist that went into mudlogging to stay in industry, mm -hmm. to learn more about the rock. And then now it's like, when things turn around, dude, you should be the first geophysicist that's hired because you know Man. more. You've seen more rock than every geophysicist on the planet, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember Pagel was like, "Man, I I wish I can go do mud logging for a little bit." Yeah, right, and just get that experience and and touch the rock, feel the rock. See well, not it come only out that, like you're, yeah, like you're you're looking at the rock, you're seeing it, you're on the rig, you're seeing how the rig operates. You're like, oh shit, like oh, we drilled through Wolf Camp. That's what drilling through Wolf Camp is like. That little wiggle on seismic, that's what it does. Like seeing those things, I'm sure in the flesh is just insane. But uh That's cool, man. So that's good. Accomplishment. Like that. Yeah, yep. accomplishment and then I think my favorite working experience, I don't want to say his name, but Timbo Flex, the VP of land that I was working under at the time, <laughs> going out to a ranch with a ranch owner that had been to, to put it 
put in perspective, we picked up the project as contract operators from another group, right? So we were passed off all the problems that they'd had set in place, mm-hmm. specifically on the land side. And going in there from this like hostile environment, like when we first walked in and watching him talk his, and it wasn't like he was pandering or anything like that, but just explaining the situation, explaining where we want to go with the project and seeing that happen in person, that was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And just like being able to sit under a guy like that, right. as far as like the land side, who's seen everything, who's done everything. Like he was putting things Dude. together that, I mean, I've never even heard of an operator do before. Right. And like an ex- exploratory drilling program that he wrote up the contract for wow. that the GLO approved and the landowners approved. Wow. investors, not so much, wow. but it was like stuff like that, where I'm like, this is like, this is where the this is a wheeling and dealing, right? Right. Boots on the ground Boots on the ground and like making the most of what you've got. Wow. That was, that was cool to see. That's amazing, yeah. dude. That's amazing. That was my favorite work experience with, with that experience. It, it brings up an interesting question because I never got to dive into those things. I remember just reading what you guys were putting together and, and kind of watching the reports, you know, break out. What is an oil and gas lease essentially? Okay, uh, go, the, the easiest one would be uh, go to, to go GLO. So kind of what we were talking about and going into is uh, Troy brought up, brought up to me when I first started at Trey, I was definitely more a landman than a geologist, right? It turned into both, but when I started, it was, I'd say 90% of my time was allocated to land. 10% in geology. And we were kind of like the general background of land. What I was first tasked with were kind of going through these leases that we were working on on one of our on one of our prospects. Yeah. And just kind of going down and breaking down the different kinds of oil and gas leases, whether if it's UT lands, well, in the state of Texas, because there's no federal land in the state of Texas. Everything's owned by either the state or the people. Wow. So it's either UT lands. GLO, so which stands for the General Land Office, state of Texas, and then um, uh, George fee. Strait. Yeah, fee or yeah, George <laughs> Strait. Yeah, George Strait. Explain the basics of land agreements, land leases, oil and gas oil leases. Oil and gas leases. Okay, so I mean, we can dive into each one of them, but for the sake of just semi like pretty general yeah generalized in the state of texas we're going to use like the glo lease form which is the state of texas the general land office so kind of going back into it um the glo owns a hundred percent of the minerals but the glo is a very very their oil and gas leasing department is very very small and they own a ton of land so in order to allocate that work out in a way as far as like negotiating is concerned uh they have the surface owner of that land will act as an agent of the state, right? So you do your negotiations with the surface owner as far as obtaining that lease, right? And just to kind of keep it simple again, let's just say we're dealing with a rancher that owns 640 acres, which is considered a section, right? So you approach that rancher and you say, hello, sir, I want, it looks like, you know, there could be oil here. There's oil in my land. Oil on my land, no way. (laughs) And so then you go into negotiations and, uh, that's where things can kind of get a little sideways, right? Because depending on where you are, right, you know, in the Permian Basin. So, like, let's say you're in Lee County or, you know, Reeves County north of the Grisham, right? 
those leases are going for twenty, thirty thousand dollars an acre. Insane amounts of money. But you know, when you're kind of on the fringes, that's when you start to get into the thousand dollar, hundred dollar range. So understanding the market value of that lease before you go in and having an explanation why is important, right? right? And it's usually the higher risk, the lower the price, right? If there's no producing oil wells around, right. you should be able to say, I'll give you $10 per acre for your land. right? And people do agree to that. Like yeah. you see leases in Oklahoma taken super low all the time, right? Because it's all those fringe acres. But yeah. in the Permian, things were typically way more overinflated than they should have been. But everyone was making money. So not really overinflated, I guess, if you're making money. So anyways, you go, you talk to the person, you figure out who it is that owns that land. That's another thing, right? Because you can be talking to Joe Blow, who's, you know, sitting the there. He's Yeah, or nephew something. or something like that. And you're <laughs> negotiating with him. And it's like, oh, wait, this guy doesn't even own the minerals. Yeah. So understanding the title before you go in is also extremely important. Interesting. The title is is where? At the at the county office? County's yeah, the, the county clerk. County clerk. Yeah. You go, okay, this, this 648 the county, county records, yeah. So not county clerk, like your county, county records. records, yeah. And so you, you check the records, you're like, all right, this guy owns the 640. Yeah. I know who I'm talking to. Yeah. What is, what is a lease agreement? Like what needs to be in it essentially before it can be signed and you can start drilling a well? So the first thing is understanding the bonus. So understanding how much you're going to pay per acre. And then the other thing is the term of the lease, right? Okay. So the terms are typically... And you can negotiate this. So with the GLO now, the way we had it before, or the way it was before, it was be a three plus two. So you'd pay a delayed rental. So essentially you'd take a lease for $100 an acre for three years. And in that three years, you have the right to drill on that land and abide by you know, the boundaries within the lease, right? Which so, means what? So essentially like surface damages, or uh, not, well, surface damage is kind of on the side, but Your like plan, disposal, basically? well, okay. drilling the well, right? A horizontal, you have to abide by. Let me let me scroll down. This is like your design of the battery. Exactly. Where you're going to drill first. Yeah. You so, give them kind of a basic outline of what your plans yeah. are. And they just updated this a couple of years ago because it used to be, there used to be like a continuous development program and all this other stuff. So th here they go into payments, how you're supposed to record it. Uh, so retained acreage, this is more along the lines of when you drill a well, whether it's vertical or horizontal, uh, and the lease expires, how much acreage do you actually get to hold? And this has changed quite a bit too. Wow. In the time period. So this is what I, when I was brought into Trey or I'm not going to edit that one out, but <laughs> when I was brought in, this is kind of what I was doing at first was going through each of the leases because they were all signed and dated different years. And the lease forms were updated on each one. So each one, every clause was similar, but different, Jeez. right? So for example, if we were to drill a horizontal well, you hold 300 feet below that formation to the surface. So let's just say you drill a Wolf Camp B well, mm -hmm. right? You can drill that Wolf Camp B well, and if it's producing, you hold Wolf Camp B 300 feet below Wolf Camp B, Wolf Camp A, first and second bone, and so on, right? All the way nice. freaking to like, you know, the Edwards Trinity, right? Whoa. So you can explore for what you can come back and explore. Okay. Now, so that's the thing that's, it's specifically to explore for oil and gas. Yeah. You don't have any rights to pull out fresh water from the aquifer to help with frack fracking the wells or anything like that. Or do you have to negotiate that in? Yeah. That's you negotiate that with the surface owner. So the surface owner has the right to that water, right? So, and you usually pay, you know, 
I've actually, we had, had some negotiations with this as well, depending on what it is per barrel of water. Right. Whoa. Yeah. So it'll be like cents right. on the dollar. Sometimes they like try to screw you and they'll be like $2, $2 for every barrel, barrel yeah. 42 gallons of yeah. water. And things, things get out of hand. Right. And that, and that was one lease negotiation that I was on with uh, Timbo flex. And he's like, no, that's ridiculous. Like we can't, you, you're going to kill the economics of this project. Right. Like you understand that. Like, do you want us to drill a well? Right. Like a, like a, like a real well, then you need to. So that's where the, like having a good land man that's can talk savvy to like the ranchers yeah. is like worth its weight in gold. And wow. like being under Timbo, uh, and his knowledge, cause he was a rancher himself. So he knew exactly, yeah. exactly how to talk the talk and walk the walk. So like master at his craft, master dude. at his craft. I was like, you were put on this earth to negotiate oil and gas leases <laughs> with ranchers. Like it was awesome. What but, an experience, man. Yeah. So you got to learn the basics. First of all, you're learning the basics cause you have to, cause it's your job. So you're reading these forms and you're really understanding what it is, yeah. but then you're also gaining the experience of watching someone that's so uniquely designed to deal with this with situation. situations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an experience, man. So that was your accomplishment, the IBA, your experience, the, uh, the business of oil and gas, the business of oil and gas, man. I mean, what an incredible education you got Yeah. in three years, in three years, the Permian, you came in as a tadpole and you're hopping out as a bullfrog, <laughs> man. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I definitely would be like, I definitely feel like I'm getting to that that stage though. Yeah, sure. dude. No, I feel no like I'm a ta- I feel like I'm a tadpole with like the arms and the legs, <laughs> like, but I still got the weird tail. Like it's still there. <laughs> oh man, that's I want to like to the one thing that I really wish, and I I really wish we would have been a part of drilling more wells. Yeah, dude. Even yeah. though the I will say this, the wells that we were a part of we got to the nitty-gritty details oh, of yeah. it all. We saw the process from you know, conception to completion. That's like, right, yeah, man. Like the, the classic saying, right? <laughs> like the conception of this well to how we actually completed this well and having you having input on what was going on in yeah. each step of the way. And me being a fly on the wall listening to that was also freaking awesome. Dude. Like listening to completions, the completions meetings, oh, and then man. like, you know. The battle the royale. The battle royale, like just <laughs> the duck. You're like, oh, no. Wow. Dude, you're not kidding, man. uh, You're not kidding. And it's setting you up. I mean, what's next, dude? What's next? You're going to go off and fucking PhD? That's the plan. Well, coronavirus probably pumping the brakes on that. So I'll be around here a little bit longer. But, I mean, PhD is the plan, man. I want to keep learning. And I figured if there's a time in my life to do it, it would be now. I feel like if I get back into the grind, because I love the grind. That's the thing. Like if I'm in it, I'm not going to leave. Yeah. So I'm kind of in like this transition period now where it's kind of in my head, I feel like it's now or never. Like I don't foresee myself in 10, 15 years going back and getting a PhD. No, no. I talk about it like, yeah, when I retire, why not have something to do and I'll go do a PhD. Yeah. But that's probably not true. Yeah. Cause like when you retire, you want to spend time with the family. Yeah, dude, I don't want to listen to somebody tell me what my deadline is. I don't have deadlines. The grandkids, man, coming around. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, So the, the, what's interesting when you say a PhD in geology, I think, you know, you would be uh, just a natural juggernaut to have, MBA next to your name. You know what I mean? You're not thinking business. 
I am. I will. That's part of it too. So it's just time and allocation of funds yeah. <laughs> for it all. But I do really want to get my MBA as well. Yeah. I mean, my mom, like for right. those people who don't know, my mom works as like an investment banker. Right. And so like, I kind of grew up in that. You definitely like, I worked, got it. I yeah. worked with her like through a lot of stuff and it was, I do enjoy it. I do. And I couldn't do it day to day, but I do enjoy yeah. Yeah. That side of it all. Because I mean, as petroleum geoscientist or just like economic geologist right. in general, like that's all we are. That's right. It's business, right? How can you sell your knowledge to de-risk this play? Right? That's right. How can you make this as successful as possible? That's what you're getting paid for. That's right. You're not getting paid to sit on your ass and click buttons. Right. Even though you think you might be <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like your job is to make sure this goes smoothly, right? That's right. To avoid failure. And you're, we're going to fail. That's also another part of it. So don't feel like, yeah. 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 There's, there's the, the reality of pressure and making those decisions and having result, real results to deal with is something that people maybe take for like, they don't really take seriously until it's too late. And then they're yeah. like, fuck, I didn't, well, I didn't know like everything was riding on that email that I sent that day. Yeah. You're like, come on, man, you got to understand your professional responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's why you get educated. That's basically how I see education. A bachelor's degree is a certain limitation to your professional responsibility to yeah. whatever you do. Yeah. A master's degree is opening that and, up and a little bit more. And obviously there's going to be an anomaly in there, right? There's going to be, you know, the people that are so far past the system, like naturally, that they don't need to go through it. Sure. Right? But for the most part, you're right. You're... To the average person, you are constrained by that degree. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's designed that way, I think. It's good. Mm -hmm. you, know, you're, you just got a bachelor's degree. You, you are limited to making certain decisions in the company that yeah. are going to have certain impacts. Yeah. If you have a master's, PhD, you're up on that chain. It's how that seems to work. But, yeah, you, you have the people that, no, I didn't go get school at all. I just I was raised by the streets. I make good decisions. I'm yeah. a natural leader and all that stuff. And that, that works, too. But, anyway... Cool. So basically you can go to some part of the country, wherever you want, and you have some assumption as an economic geologist that there's something of value in that land. You figure it out, county clerk office. Or who, you get the run. Well, you run, well, typically you'd get a run sheet. So that's just a super basic breakdown of who owns the land. And you go out and lease. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So this is where things also get kind of sideways about the process. And this is another thing also like working land is the most that is the constraining factor on development it is a very long very slow very arduous process mm. through it from from the very beginning to the end because like you get your run sheet you figure out who owns the land right just like a general idea you go in and you lease right you drill your well and then before you drill your well you have to get a drilling title opinion done so the title opinion is the no shit like who owns this land okay. from like sovereignty so when that uh, land was first bought, so you have to go all the way back in the records to uh, like, you know, the great, great, great grandpappy who just came out here and uh, stayed, stuck a claim in this land. And written said, on papaya and yeah, shit. Dude, it's, that was cool. So when, uh, on what the one project that Timbo and I were working on, the actual owner of the ranch had all of those abstracts. The real yeah, ones. The real ones. The OG. Uh, so we saw the, the OG. from like 1908. 
sovereignty. Gosh, yeah. Dang. And like how it passed through the family lineage, right? So That's it's like amazing, sold man. here, traded here, blah, blah, blah. Like, straight yeah, bought it here. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy had gambling debt, gave it back to his sister. Like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> hilarious. And then, yeah. uh, finally getting to the true owners in the land. Yeah. So it, it all takes forever dealing with lawyers, dealing with, you know, the surface owner is yeah. dealing with like the mineral owner. If you're, you know, depending if it's fee, right. You're doing two different leases. It's just craziness, but, wow. but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Oh man. You see the shadow. I saw the shadow. He's here. Dude. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Dude. It's game on. Game on. Let's see what he's going to do. Is he going to knock or is he just going to come in? I think-